0: Sportsnet 590, the fan. We're back, Justin and Alish, fan morning show. Good to be back in the saddle, even though somebody changed the saddle. This chair is definitely different. Yeah, than when l- we were both here last of our week.
1: lumbars are feeling differently in these chairs. I don't know what's going on. I, I didn't realize it had my... like multi Ooh. support <laughs> yeah. options. The
0: back, whoever adjusted this lumbar support, it is now negative lumbar support. My, <laughs> my back is like a slinky in this yeah. chair. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Awesome. We're here though. We're glad to be back. We were on fan drive time last week. Covered in for Ben Ennis, who will now be on our show at 7 a.m. today. So there you go. He's paying, all connected pay, here. We paid it forward, and we got a guest at 7 a.m., so it worked for us. Uh, but we missed our lovely text line. We missed our morning show folk. We already got some text saying, hey, missed you guys too. Glad to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. D- definitely different vibe in the afternoons. We don't have the immediate reaction to sports in the morning, which is something we kind of miss because you get, you get like, you gets you get itching all day to talk about those blue jays.
1: Or the Austin Matthews contract. Oh
0: yeah, that was oh. We that was just garbage. got off the air.
1: We just got off the air about two so minutes. Unfair. I see a tweet from Matthews and like, oh, we oh, Blair and Barker's gonna have to do something. Like, what's what's gonna happen here? Uh and then of course, like ten minutes later it's confirmed and we have to wait a full twenty two hours. Yeah, that that, was that tough. doesn't happen for us. The twenty two hours I guess actually it does because a lot of things happen at nine. I was
0: gonna say, like, we had that issue on the morning show where they every Organization schedules their tweet for nine o'clock a.m. Eastern time. So when we get off the air, it's boom news dump central. So we're always like, ah, oh, that sucked to so get away. And then for some reason, it happened to us on drive time. Like, what are the odds? I think that they're, mm-hmm. we're just cursed with getting the news.
1: I will say though, it's kind of like it is. It's not like news dumpy. Neither of them are news dumpy, I guess. But like the big, big stuff, like a Matthews contract isn't nine a.m. A Matthews contract is. I
0: thought it was more of a noon.
1: It's yeah, it's it's afternoon at least. It It might be like four,
0: a noon to two o'clock range is how I predicted it. Yeah,
1: Uh, that's usually you don't because then you have to like you worry and safeguard against someone else breaking it, right? Like Matthews wanted to break it himself, obviously. They wanted to give the details. It was like a joint breaking collaboration (laughs) by the Leafs and Austin Matthews, which goes into what the whole ethos of the situation was. It's a partnership, right? Not Mm -hmm. a negotiation, which is music to a lot of people's ears, or at least some people's ears uh, regarding the Matthews extension i guess we can give like quick thoughts since we haven't done it for our morning show audience yeah we both were like love 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 in favor
0: i don't know what three loves i'm definitely a love how many loves um out of 3 i'm two loves out of 3 let's do
1: a let's do a five love scale five three hearts out of five, five heart emoji three, three, three and a half five? hearts out of
0: five i'm four at least okay
1: i might be four and a yeah, half yeah
0: actually hearts. three and a half doesn't seem high enough cuz we we definitely were And I still am, like, really pleased that Austin Matthews is going to be a lead for the next five years.
1: And then 12 in total?
0: 12 in total. The best years of his career so far. You would think. And he certainly could have got more money somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. the conversation maybe from Friday where we heard Trey Living and Matthews talking, we did that on Fan Drive. That, to me, solidified a different type of negotiation. It wasn't a negotiation. It was a partnership. Like, you don't really hear that often. This guy wanted to get this deal done and wanted to find a way to make it work hopefully for the future like that's what we're hearing when you hear Austin Matthews and Brad Chay Living talk on Friday so I think it definitely gave me another boost of a, of a heart if I'm giving
1: <laughs> you, heart emojis yeah, extra out. heart, even a half heart yeah. uh, which is which is important uh, well it's a half hearted effort from the Blue Jays over the weekend anyway uh, let's, let's yeah I mean I, I, what I like the most about it and we've, we we've heard all along it's like oh it's going to get done or whatever or, mm-hmm. it's a it's just a percentage thing which makes it easier it's not like William Nylander where you're trying to decide like hey how p- important are you really to a franchise we know with austin matthews he kind of is the franchise like he is the face of the Leafs, has been and will be for the next five years and it was that's why it was you know advertised as hey like you don't really have to worry about it it is a percentage point if he wants to be here he will take the percentage point and whatever the money is is what it is and i think that is all true they used a percentage point which is around the 15 range and they just tried to figure out which which uh or how many years in terms of, in in, in terms of term, obviously, uh, makes the most sense when keeping the price at a manageable rate. And 13.25 is 100% manageable. And if you did 15% uh, 15 at the eight mark, it would be something in the range of 15 plus. And Mm -hmm. frankly, 15 plus before the salary cap goes up is not all that manageable. So if they just keep kicking the can down the road, 15% of the salary cap until the end of time, I think everyone's probably going to be okay with what Austin Matthews is earning, in, in, until the end of time. Really, because that's a manageable number. There's no excuse to not be competitive with Austin Matthews soaking up what is exactly the price a superstar should be paid in the NHL nowadays. If the, the he is going to be appropriately paid, pretty much his entire career with Toronto. And I guess you can be upset that he's not going to be underpaid at any point, but he's also not going to be overpaid. And I think Mm -hmm. that's an important thing. He's just appropriately paid. And if you can appropriately pay a superstar, you should be able to win hockey games and build championship caliber teams. And that's what the task is, of course, for true Now that he's got an appropriately paid superstar under contract for five more years.
0: It's nice that we got it done too before preseason. And uh, all eyes kind of turned to... William Nylander, half the eyes were on one, half the eyes were on the other. Now, see how William Nylander approaches the first day of preseason. It's going to be, you know, okay, we're not going to talk
1: about this much. How much shade was, like Austin was obviously asked about William Nylander, and he was, you know, doing his best to say nothing. But did you feel like there was, at least from Trill Living, any, like, hey, this is, this is what Austin's doing, Willie. Maybe or, the or, most or, amount appropriate
0: is... in that time without it being, like, Obvious. enough that we're going to blow Twitter up and say, well, yeah. that quote probably meant something. Like, of course he wants to get this deal done. Of course that they've been working on it. And he mentioned that. Like, him and his agent have been in conversations and they got one contract done and there's another one to get done. Like... I mean, it's, he's got to be very careful with his words because this isn't always like an easy situation. You're definitely negotiating about one person thinks you're worth 10 million and one thinks you're worth eight. It's like when you go to ARB, it's never fun to hear why you're not worth that mm-hmm. amount of money. So I wouldn't say that it's probably super joyous trying to negotiate a contract with a superstar who's got, you know, a clock ticking before there might be an untenable answer. But I think that there was certainly ways to connect what was being said by both Matthews and Trey living to the situation with William Nylander.
1: I think there are opportunities here like uh, for William Nylander and Mitch Marner uh, uh, and you know, Mitch Marner, we're going to start talking about more and more this year. And of course, by July 1st, we can talk about him in the same way that we've been talking about Austin Matthews and William Nylander to this point. Like if the main thing or an important thing for those two is to be in the ballpark of Austin Matthews, I mean, they can approach the ballpark of Austin Matthews, uh, whether it's right now for William Nylander or Mitch Marner this summer. If they choose to go 8 million, I don't think you can earn more than Matthews. I think that's another good thing about the Matthews deal is that it kind of may suppress prices. You can't earn more than Austin Matthews. Mm -hmm. If you're either of those guys, you just can't right? even on an eight year term. I don't think that's possible. So if Mitch Marner's looking for that. Hey, a little PR thing. This is where I want to be. Uh, I can show the fans that will I'm do committed a lot for the city. Eight at below mm-hmm. at Austin Matthews would be a really nice thing for I think everybody. And William Nylander, you can't get you can get near thirteen on an eight year, I guess, but you can't surpass it. And maybe this is the opportunity for him to be like, okay, uh, I mean, I'm going to get he's probably not going to get the eight figures. He's probably not going to get 10 million from true living anytime soon, Mm. but I feel like he can earn some goodwill if that's what he's looking for. And I don't know if that's really what he cares about. Uh, Of course, everyone knows and heard the Elliott Friedman, Jeff Merrick, 32 thoughts interview. Like I, I don't think the perception really bothers him that much, but because Matthews took a little less in terms of term and money, it may give those guys what they maybe want the most, which is just, hey, I'm on the same footing or close to the same footing as Austin Matthews because Matthews' price was suppressed a little bit by the term.
0: we'll, we'll get into lots of hockey around the corner. Uh, it's been nice to get a couple of things over the last little while, but the uh, calendar flips to September very soon and we'll be balancing Leafs preseason and maybe the end of the Blue Jays season in general because this past weekend did nothing but deflate i think a fan base that had lingering hope for a playoff opportunity for a wild card berth and you lose a series to the guardians a team that is below 500 and not as good as you even though they've had some interesting results as of late like they can play spoiler they can be a tough team to play against but no excuse to be losing series to these guys we've talked about how this is going to be the soft part of the schedule you still have to show up like you still have to win the games you know, just because the Royals and the Nationals and uh, the Oakland Athletics or the Rockies, these are your opponents coming up, uh, you still need to put in a full effort. You still need to win these games because even though these teams have nothing to play for, there's always something in being the spoiler. There's something in... You look at the Blue Jays and you think, Yeah, oh, this team's kind of fighting for something. We have nothing to fight for. We don't have to play with the pressure that this team is currently facing every time they get to the plate and every time that they throw a pitch, there's always this emphasis on margin of error so thin. And you saw that with a team that beat you this weekend and the playoff hopes are dwindling. And I think this morning people are waking up and and this fan base is feeling like this could be the end of this stretch run.
1: Yeah, this is the low point in terms of your feeling and your hope and what you're expecting from this season. I don't blame you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like it was was only dropping two of three to Cleveland. Uh, I guess it's only... Two loss or two wins out of six in this list, this uh, important little stretch, or the last week, and it's not like disaster, I suppose. But the feeling isn't good. The vibe mm-hmm. isn't good. And if it weren't really for Texas being awful <laughs> over the last month, like I suppose one and nine such an in a last ten. Like they are, they are the only reason it's not dire. Like they're only two games, two and a half games back about Texas and Houston. But what Houston has shown us going to how many straight? champion too many champion leagues are a uh, champion uh, chip series going to so many world series in the last five six years like they don't this is not worrying them right mm-hmm. like I feel like that's the team that hey maybe they're not gonna win their division this year but they kind of know who they are know what they have to do they are as professional as professional come I don't expect them to chase down Houston. But if Texas is just all of a sudden they can't play baseball anymore, all of a sudden their vibes are worse than the Blue Jays, maybe there is hope because they're only two and a half behind them right now. But I don't see Seattle slowing down. They are the vibes team. They are the team that just can't lose, it it seems. And, yeah, they're going to come back to earth a little bit, but is it enough for the Blue Jays to make two and a half over the final five weeks of the season? I doubt it. Like, uh, I understand there's a really soft portion of the schedule coming up. It's probably not as easy as people are advertising. The Washington Nationals have been very, very good of late and the Blue Jays haven't been able to separate themselves really from anyone, at least recently. I know they have a good record against non-American League East opponents, but this is a problem now that seems to be not exclusive to one type of opponent. They seem to be a team that is just kind of giving one up and taking one and then giving one up and just back and forth and back and forth and they really can't assert themselves because... Frankly, it just seems like they're not good enough. And this is, you know, last week I was definitely waffling on this team. This is as as discouraged I have felt about their chances of making the playoffs. Like, I just can't see a team, unless Texas completely falls apart, that they're going to beat down the stretch here. It's looking really, really dire this morning.
0: I think it's a great opportunity for a Monday morning therapy session in the text line. So 590, 590, you've had a weekend. You've got some hours since last night's game to, you know, solidify your thoughts this morning on how you're feeling about the Blue Jays. But we'll read your text at five ninety five ninety. There's always a sprinkle of text left over from a Sunday game when we come on the text line in the mo- in
1: the morning. A little leftover venom.
0: And they sit there, and I kind of read them when we come in, and it was tense last night. And Sho yeah. Ali's doing a great job on Jay's talk, kind of like, si- this, I don't know, sifting through some of these. But I don't blame Blue Jays fans for feeling... Just a lack of confidence. Because when was there a stretch lately where the Blue Jays have put together more than two or three consecutive games that inspire confidence? I honestly cannot think of a stretch. It was, of two it was or the three.
1: immediate bow return, to wins against Cincinnati. I mean, we are were talking about last Monday, mm-hmm. and then winning the first game of the uh, Baltimore yeah. series. And then,
0: the di- but, but how quickly you but forget the fall from grace. How quickly it doesn't matter. The the steps backwards. You win two, you lose in dramatic and almost embarrassing fashion. Like, it is such a roller coaster with this team. The wins are really, like, they're good. They're strong. They show something about the character that this team has. And then you flip the switch, and it shows something about the character that this team lacks. And that's what we've seen time and time again. And it's from top down. Like, there's going to be questions. And Ben Ennis, um, when we have him on at 7, he tweeted something out last night about this is the the least inspired or like the most confident he's felt that the Jays will miss the playoffs all season long. So he's at this breaking point too. And if we get to that point, I don't want to write the obituary yet, but if the blue Jays don't make a wild card berth, like that was the lowest of the things that they were striving for. It was when the division people had them in the world series and yeah, people that write for baseball that are smarter than us, like I take their word for something, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like I, I really do think that there was reason to believe and there's Legitimately no, reason especially if a lot of these reporters and writers, you know, down south are not Canadian. And to put a team like the Blue Jays in the picture, the big dance means a lot too. it's, you know, it's easy to say, ah, whatever. We don't follow them as much. A lot of people thought this Blue Jays team would do a lot more than what they're showing right now. If they can't, you know, scratch their way into a wild card spot. There will be or there should be massive changes this offseason. You already have a lot of people that just might not even be on the roster regardless. Mm -hmm. But it goes far and wide past that. I don't want to get too into that yet because I think we can still hold out a little bit of hope. This is the softer air quotes part of the schedule. But this is like put up or shut up time. If you can't win games and inspire some confidence with this team like i i just it's going to be a rough stretch when we watch what f- how many games 31 know 31
1: well they games? got about a full month left yeah. so around there yeah <sighs> so yeah i mean i mean i think you laid out the situation there perfectly uh we know what's ahead here washington colorado oakland kansas city what this requires over the next 2 weeks is dominance right like you need some dominance you can't just be even 55% no. over the next little stretch here. Like, you're going to have to be dominant over the next two weeks and four series if if it's just going to take you to a four-game set with the Texas Rangers in the middle of September where you're going to probably have to beat them directly in order to make up the ground. Like, I, I Seattle's got a pretty easy schedule, and I and they're going through it right now. And, of course, Houston is Houston, at least in my mind. I, I, I feel like it's a team that's going to be really hard to track down. Mm-hmm. So the best-case scenario here. Is dominance like they're not overshoot expectations, but do what you haven't done or been able to do all year, which is to take a portion of the schedule, which is which which gives or which lends the opportunity for dominance and actually execute on it. They have to be really, really good. I don't know if, if it's 12. How games. about a winning streak? Do they have to win nine <sighs> of 12? Do they have to win each series yeah, two to one? Is that enough? Or mm, around, I don't the, know. That, maybe the, you got to sweep a series that, here. You'd have to sweep one to be Got to
0: 12. at least sweep a series here. Okay,
1: so we're talking about eight, nine wins from twelve games as being the bare minimum. Yep. That gets you into, hey, maybe we're a game back of Texas, and then you have to beat Texas three of four, right? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about if it's nine 12, twelve, three of four from Texas. That's like twelve of sixteen. You have to play seventy-five percent ball. I think <sighs> over the next three weeks in order to really, really feel good or even still be in the race, right? Like, these teams are not going to quit losing. It's not like they're all of a sudden going to go to the skids like Texas. Texas really is the only one that seems vulnerable right now. But, yeah, they have to make do with this opportunity against lesser teams. But guess what? Colorado just beat Baltimore a couple times. Mm-hmm. And the Washington Nationals have been one of the best teams You can't take since anyone lightly. the All-Star break. I just feel like – and these are – most of them are – well, at least the two are are, are road series. Like, it's not going to be that easy to go in Oakland and win all three. That's something they have not been able to do all year long is be like, oh, those are three winnable games. Win them. Mm-hmm. It's – they're – every time they miss an opportunity with a series, every time they lose two of three, it just gets that much more difficult from them. And we've been doing a lot of, pro, a little, a lot of results here. Like, eventually we have to dig into what went wrong in this series, the, the process and the things that are actually holding them back. But when you just look at it now, it's just, it is simple. You can't, like, dwell on, oh, you know, it, it, it was a good pitching performance and we 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 like what we see and it's going to carry through into the last. But none of that matters anymore. They have to win baseball games badly right now or they're going to be out of this race before they even play Texas.
0: Frustrating thing for me is... Uh, we, last week, we did actually see a little bit of a different narrative around this team. Gosman saying urgency, Bo saying urgency, John Schneider swearing at the mic, like really cool. Yesterday, John Schneider again says, um, you know, pointing to that late game bunt, which you're in the ninth inning, and Biggio bunts up the third baseline, the yep, wrong that's direction. The,
1: that's, I would say that's the main point of contention yeah. right
0: now. So, they, And that's a trickle effect, because then... There's just a lot of decisions that are being made at the plate by the manager, the lineup, as we can get into Babe Schneider. But he goes, quote, it just comes down to executing the little things. And we've heard that literally since spring training, Mm -hmm. how this was going to be a team...
1: That does little things. That
0: does the little things right, that plays smart, tactical baseball. And I have yet to see that for more than two games in a row. Like, they just make these mistakes that are infuriating because they're simple and it seems as a fan and I've never played baseball, but I watch enough to be like, why would you do that? I'm confused. Okay. I'm not a professional baseball player, but there are simple things that happen or decisions that seem small in context and you lose a game on small errors. And if you're preaching the little things as a manager of this baseball team for how many games have they played now? A hundred, mm-hmm. whatever. It just is it not it's not settling in who's holding people accountable to execute the little things who's instilling the idea of what little things to be do be to be done at the plate defensively whatever it is. It's just that I hate hearing that there needs to be something different being said because it's not working.
1: Well, I don't even, I, I mean, it's just like the biggest, it's the smoking gun in a way. Like, it's the biggest evidence pointing to the fact that this is a flawed design. They came in here trumpeting, hey, y'all, we can, we're doing all the little things. And the little things isn't just like getting a bun down or choosing to go by that philosophy, right. right? Like, the little things are hitting it to opposite field when the situation demands it. And we had a great chat with Chris LaRue last I was week. I swinging
0: at three zero 0
1: but that's uh, that i the green light for that I suppose I think that's more Schneider but like yeah I'm talking about him too yeah but mm-hmm. what I, this team is just not equipped to do all the things it said it was going to do right so like small ball is not one thing small ball is not oh BGO didn't execute small ball is a we have, we have a bunch of hitters that can do different things with the bat when it is appropriate going to an opposite field laying down a bunt Uh, just moving a runner by hitting it in a certain location. We had a quick chat with Chris LaRue last week, basically said the Blue Jays' bats aren't even, it isn't even at the point where, okay, there's not enough of this or there's not enough of that. They literally have lineups where you will see, and especially in the absence of Bo Bichette, where they can't get the ball in the air. Like they don't have guys who do... Not not you can do everything, but there's guys who are completely devoid of certain things that are required at least from lineups. You can have a couple guys who can't do certain things. You can't have everyone who can't do the same thing. They, they have struggles in runners in scoring position because they have guys who can only do one thing. And if it's over and over and over again, they can only do one thing. Pitchers know how to attack those guys. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, you get struggles in important moments because I guess that's when they dial it in just a little bit. But the Biggio thing is the smoking gun in in a lot of ways because of this. He's supposed to be one of your utility guys. He's supposed to be a guy who can do everything for you or a lot of things for you to help you win baseball games in more understated ways. And I don't really have a problem with them calling for a bunt in that situation. But if Kevin Biggio can't bunt it up the third baseline because that's not part of his skill set, why was he asked to do that? Like, Kevin is a smart guy. He knows what this proper situation is. We know what the proper call or the proper thing to do in that moment is as people who did not play the game. Mm -hmm. And he can't do that or chooses not to do that, chooses to do something else because he can't do what was asked from him. Like John Snyder should know that Kevin Biggio is not going to be able to bunt it up the third baseline because that's not what he does. He's more comfortable going first base. And of course, that was the lower percentage play. I am fine with calling... A play like that I'm fine with small ball quote-unquote I'm fine with them making the decisions that are not hey go up there and mash but if you're telling guys who can't do certain things to do them then you just don't know your guys your team your skill sets and how to win baseball games with the identity that you already have Kevin Biggio can do a lot of little things he couldn't do what was asked of him in that moment and it cost mm-hmm. him the baseball game
0: well, small ball is going to be the way I, th- I believe you're going to win a playoff game if you get there. And this team is like, you got to hit a home run or nothing. And at one point they had two hits yesterday, and they're both I, home I runs. missed
1: the days where it was like, wow, they couldn't get a bunt down, but wow, they hit four home runs. That was fun.
0: And sure, okay, like I, I, I want to make sure we hit some positives because ah. we can't, okay, Vlad had a good weekend. He did. Home run wise,
1: he did. George Springer had a good weekend.
0: Babe Schneider is the positive is this guy's going to stay in the lineup for the foreseeable future. Well, the, I'm going to
1: turn a positive into a negative. The negative
0: is why the hell was he sitting on your bench for the last X amount of games where you needed to win baseball games. Every time you put this kid in, he proves why he should be on this roster. So positive is he certainly keeps earning that spot. But in light of that, you look at these games that they lost by one run. By two runs, and he has been nothing but pretty consistent. I know when he went on that incredible hot streak when I was in PEI, he fell from grace, and I think he went like oh for whatever at the play. Yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. he's not a full-on major leaguer yet, but I don't know. He might be. He might be better than Santiago Espinal. Yes, By a thousand times. So <laughs> put the kid in the lineup. He brings something to this team in terms of energy. Everybody loves him. He brings some sort of energy that the other guy does not. And a lot of other people right now are faltering. And I just, at least he's going to be, that's, that's a positive.
1: Well, he was again, he's I guess, gonna be I in guess the lineup. back to back. It seems <laughs> like he has to prove way more than a guy like Santiago Espinal has to prove. I, I suppose that's yeah. definitely how it feels. But to turn the positive to a negative, it just feels like John Schneider lacks feel. It it, it like lacks the hot hand. It's like, oh, no, this is what uh, this is what uh, the computer is telling us to do. This is what we are supposed to do in this situation rather than be like, well, David Schneider's just mashing. So let's just keep running him out there because we're Mm -hmm. never getting anything from the guys that he's competing with the guys who are a threat to take playing time away from him. The same thing on a far lesser scale applies to Alejandro Kirk. Do we see him all weekend? Do you see him Saturday, Sunday? I, I, I don't know. There might have been a pinch hit that I missed, mm-hmm. but it was Danny yeah. Jansen, right?
0: Didn't make an impact on me. Alejandro
1: Kirk, Dan Shulman's talking about how a Friday extended BP and, and they're working on things, and immediately you see a return on those things. He hit the ball well. Two hits, I think, in the game. I think he had one more that could have been or was hit well. Like all of a sudden, Alejandro Kirk found something, and then uh, he's MIA for the rest of the weekend. Like I just feel like it is. They are not, there is a lack of feel where it's just like, this is the situation. This is what we're going to do instead of this is how it feels. And this is what's right in the moment. It it just feels like John, John Schneider's too beholden to what is Mm -hmm. expected of him or what's expected of the decision-making process for the blue Jays. And it just feels like that's limiting in a lot of ways. And I felt like it was limiting on the weekend.
0: Not a great point of confidence starting this series without knowing the injury status of Bo Bichette, who we just missed for, was it 15 games,
1: 16 it, games? It was like, yeah, the first two weeks of August, 15, maybe and 14. we officially.
0: saw how much that affected this team. And he's laboring a little bit, feeling it, quote, from Schneider in his quad. And I understand the quad is connected to the knee.
1: Yeah, his same knee, uh, <laughs> apparently unrelated. They were trying to... Were trying but when to I look at my, my quad, that.
0: I do see that it does connect to my knee, and those muscles do connect to the knee. I'm just saying, like, if one's sore, the other sometimes can be sore. So, I mean, technically connected, but maybe not connected injury-wise. Nonetheless, it's not the biggest point of excitement to find out that he's still laboring with something and maybe try to push through it. I don't know. I'm not going to put words in anyone's mouth. Beau Bichette, one thing, Chapman's middle fingers swelling up again. <laughs>
1: must have been quite the pinch. I oh
0: mean, he must have just crushed that thing with whatever weight. Was he lifting like 250-pound dumbbells? Like
1: He may have. It's
0: mid-season. And Swanson, which is a big loss, 15-day IL with whatever's going on in the thoracic Thoracic spine, right? Yeah, you were a kin guy. Didn't you
1: do a little yeah, kin. You, I mean, you did the quad breakdown. The I mean, quads connected uh, to the I, knee. I, I ding, frankly ding, ding. give I frankly, me another degree. <laughs> uh, patella tendon connects to the quad, so they are connected. One hundred percent, nailed they it. They are connected. But swanson uh, There's, been one there's of, <laughs> no way that his injury is not yeah. associated with the latest discomfort. Swanson, there's just no way.
0: Being one of the Jays' most reliable relievers, <clears throat> also going to be out for 15 days. It's just you're now starting this series with most of your relievers got how many did they use yesterday basically anybody that can throw baseball
1: they were down to the last guy and we saw what happened to jay jackson and that's too bad because he's a nice person <laughs> but
0: sure. that's about
1: as far as that one went he's had some moments
0: he's year. had some nice moments um and you're starting the series with a tired bullpen and maybe down two position players that are important to your team so that is not exciting
1: yeah, I mean, with the bullpen, I mean, I don't think the expectation is that they shouldn't be used, right? Like, I know you had to use them a lot because it was a hard-fought series Six and relievers. it was close. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you had to grind. You had to grind through the series, and that's just the reality, I think, of meaningful baseball down the stretch. Like, these guys are going to have to pitch in uncomfortable situations. It's not about protecting everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to win these baseball games. Uh, so maybe not ideal. You'd rather you say Kikuchi throw eight and you win because Jordan Romano has needs nine pitches to get through. How about Noah Syndergaard?
0: How hilarious is this? He pitches a game against the Blue Jays. DFA'd is, after the game.
1: What does that say about the Blue Jays? Exactly. Yeah.
0: That one sucked.
1: Uh, but you, back to Bobachette and Chapman. <laughs> like, if you can't, I mean, this is all for nod if Bobachette's just not going to no. be Bobachette, right? Sad. And maybe he plays. Maybe he's able to grind through. Maybe the discomfort is just something that he can play with, and it's not structurally threatening and there's no reason to actually fear that the the injury can get worse it's just going to be uncomfortable for him over the last month uh if that that's not ideal but if they don't have him they're pooched are they not like yes. i don't i don't think this team can keep pace there's already uh there's already less than a 50 percent chance of them making the playoffs if you go by fan fan Graf's projections but without him it dwindles seriously and chapman Obviously he's been a sore spot at the plate and he didn't have the great week, great this weekend defensively either, but you kind of need him because what does it mean? Is it Santiago Espinal playing every day and playing third and not giving you even close to the defensive acumen that Matt Chapman has like they're, they're reeling here and the the losses are, are a big part of it, but the injuries are another part of it. I wonder if it means we'll see or Elvis Martinez, Addison Barger, like that the would be great. For I would. For sure. I would feel like they're, you know, a little bit more hopeful if there's a September call-up that could inject something into this team. But if it's to replace, if those two replace Bo Bichette and Matt Chapman for any prolonged period of time, I mean, it, it, they're they're in a lot of trouble. A lot, a lot of trouble. So injuries, fatigue, losses—it's all piling up and 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 mounting itself. Up against the Blue Jays right now, they're 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 dealing with it. They're in it right now, big time.
0: Three games set against the Nationals, seven o seven, seven oh seven, and three oh seven. Nice little getaway game on Wednesday, so you can just leave work. Um here's a couple texts um in the text line. As I said, we'd open it up for you to air your thoughts. You're making me feel better about the signing. That's awesome, Matthews related. So that we, we inspired one person. Right on. Right on. Rich from Burlington. One question, where's Vlad? Hashtag just a name.
1: I, just a name and a good weekend. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's the time to pile on Pile on, Vlad.
0: Bruce from Pennantanguishing. Jays are unwatchable. I so enjoyed watching them lose again yesterday because that's the way they were arrogant when they're playing. Okay, it's coming back to haunt them. Karma.
1: I will say one of the most, not the most surprising thing, because we understand how passionate this fan base is, but like that could be the attitude from a lot of people. That could be the attitude from the paying customers, and that ballpark—it sold out rocking every
0: game, all the time. Kudos! Well, yesterday was actually like yesterday was a fun baseball game until the end. Like back and forth yeah. lead changes, home entertaining, runs for sure. It was entertaining, and that crowd, like yeah, kudos to Blue Jays fans that keep showing up, selling out the ballpark. It's just disappointing that it ends the way it does.
1: Definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, I think one thing that's maybe the most disconcerting is, okay, you know, the offense actually had a good day yesterday. The offense had a good weekend-ish, right? Yeah. Vladdy breaks out. Springer breaks out. Uh, there's a game against Logan Allen where everyone but mm. one, I'm forgetting the name, uh, picks up a base hit, like everyone feasts. And I think that's uh, – the, the the problem is twofold here in that, okay, not everything is working in concert. Like when you get the when you get the hitting, all of a sudden the pitching dries up and so on and so forth. It seems like it just can't all happen in at one moment here for the Blue yes. Jays, which is obviously all important. season long. <laughs> but another thing is like you can kind of pick out the spots where they it wasn't just them. It's not just them responsible for a little offensive mm. outburst or an important victory or timely hitting at the right time. It's like it's like everyone feasts or everyone is famished. And Logan Allen clearly did not have it on Saturday. He was awful. And everyone hits. It's, and it's almost as simple as that. Like, if they're going to run into quality pitching, they don't have any chance. And if they're going to run into quality mm-hmm. pitching at any time, it would be man, not even down the stretch, but in the postseason. So if you get to the postseason and it's exclusively the best that a team has to offer, like, what hope do we really have of them Pushing through that. Not every
0: pitcher is going to get DFA'd after every game. Not every
1: pitcher is going to get dfa Like, they, they faced poor pitching for the bulk of this weekend. Yep. They did a decent job against Tanner Bybee Friday night. I'll give them that. But Syndergaard and Logan Allen had nothing. They weren't good. And they did well against them. But it, when the offense finally breaks out over the course of two days, the pitching completely escapes them. You say, Kikuchi, eight strikeouts, eight-plus strikeouts. There might have been one more. Uh, But he was highly hittable. And the bullpen was highly hittable. And you get down to your last guy, Jay Jackson, and he's highly hittable. Hunjin Ryu was a good start. Couldn't get uh, get, uh, anyone out in the fifth inning, I believe. Like, it's just... It's sort of... It's just not working in concert together. And I think the most disconcerting thing about this entire Blue Jays team is you can pick out when the offense comes through. Those numbers sort of inflating. When you actually run into bad pitching. I haven't seen them... Take apart a good pitcher in a long time. Someone who with just quality at bats, mm. or maybe you just like Kevin Gosman doesn't get the results he he's you think he should. But you do that against a Kevin Gosman type, or you just figure out a way to manufacture some runs because you have good at bats. It's either they hit the meatballs or they don't get the meatballs. That's really the Blue Jays' offensive season.
0: Well, they're definitely not going up against any Cy Young winners this week, but nobody's got. Awful numbers. We got Josiah Gray tonight, three eighty-five ERA against Kevin Gosman. Mackenzie Gore four thirty-eight ERA against Jose Barrios, and then Patrick Corbin a four seventy ERA against Chris Bassett. So,
1: well, Corbin's gettable one hundred percent. I guess that's a little bit of a bounce back for Corbin, who was uh, uh, he was bad, 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 and has been bad, bad, bad. Throw in in the Juan Soto. Um, I don't know much about the Washington Nationals starters. But we know the Blue Jays offense can make pitchers look better than they really are. Oh, certainly.
0: Like anytime there's a person debuting their major league debut, like the Blue Jays just, I don't know if they just don't go get the AAA affiliate video, but they, can, they can't hit. They don't have any new pitchers. Uh, a couple more texts here, and then we're going to talk about something positive. Okay. Canada basketball. Mike from Boy is always uh, fired up in the mornings. Uh, the wild card spot is projected at 91 wins. To get there, they have to go 20 and 11 to, e- to end the season, a 6.45 winning percentage. And then text in again. That's two
1: of three, averaging two of three.
0: Next text. The bar has sure been lowered on Vladi. In his last five, he went six for 22, 272 with two home runs and four RBIs, one multiple hit. Only multiple hits in one game, that now equates to Vladdy had a good weekend. You're damn right. Like, well,
1: you're you're adding five games. You're he didn't play five games this weekend, so you added two games, or that texter added two games mm. that were not played on the weekend. He clearly had a good weekend. He had two home runs in three games and had what? How many hits? Five hits.
0: Yeah, I w- I'll take that as a good weekend uh, listen, for him. We
1: we have not been. A, it's not like I'm trying to. We haven't defended Vladdy all year. He's had a terrible no, year. We have certainly He's, said that the fact that he is not what he is expected to be is. The, probably the primary reason why this offense is not very is not good.
0: You can build a team however you want, but if your superstar isn't a superstar, I don't know what else you're supposed to do there. Like if he doesn't show up, and George Springer's let people down, so is Laddie, so is Kirk. That's three people that you uh, hoped would be offensive powers this year.
1: Better, aren't. better lineups wouldn't be as Chapman, effective. Sorry. But Chapman. this team has been built around a couple guys, and one of those guys hasn't been that. But again. He hit two home runs over the weekend. If he's starts hitting the ball out of the ballpark, then, this we'd be month, happy. then you don't have to worry about how, wow, you're getting no production from this little portion of the, uh, the of the lineup or Bo Bichette's injury completely sinks you or Matt Chapman Well, he's been sinking you. So th- uh, that's just the reality. I'd like uh, to be cautiously optimistic. How about that? About what? Vladi. Or Vladi. Yeah,
0: sure. One last one here. Is a great text. Let's end the tech text right now. And then we'll, we'll bring some back later in the show. Um, Allison in Toronto. With respect to Chapman's finger injury, I normally say he can have mine, but with this stupid team, I need all the middle fingers I can get. It's pretty good. Dynamite Allison. Okay. Shout out Allison. Let's go, Canada basketball, baby, because you know what? We got something going, a little point of pride in our country right now. Uh, perfect so far at the FIBA World Cup. We got Cup. the
1: United States taking notice.
0: Yeah, they better. It ain't just hockey that's our sport? Don't laugh. It, no, I it, swear. It is, this is real. It is real. So Canada's 2-0 obviously at the at the FIBA World Cup. Uh absolutely steamroll France and then <laughs> top that with a 128-73 win over Lebanon who is not a serious basketball team, but you got to oh, okay. You got to win the games. You just
1: you were crushing Lebanon on the fan drive time. Well, all I said serious.
0: was they're not a good basketball team. <laughs> they're just team. not as good as Canada. Yeah. And we saw that, and I can say that. They're not a good basketball team. I don't think that they walk around thinking they're a good basketball team. Um, (laughs) Sunday's game uh, not only made history, but really proved that this team has
1: something. How they make history? uh,
0: Tournament record of 44 assists in a game. Good team ball. Great team ball. They had nine Canadians in double digits, and no player played more than 20 minutes. So that is spreading the ball around. Okay, that so maybe
1: Lebanon's not that good.
0: Justin, they're not a good basketball team. Okay. But you got to beat, it's just like the Oakland Athletics. I don't care if they're not a good baseball team, you got to beat them. And you can smoke them if you really want. Because plus, minus, reason, I don't think the, something.
1: the Blue Jays are not going to separate themselves against the Athletics if, like Canada if, did if to they, Lebanon. If they
0: beat the Oakland Athletics, Twenty to one. I think the Red Sox did that the other day. That would feel like a Canada smashing Lebanon victory. And so unfortunately, stay tuned. that would only
1: be worth one victory. <laughs> it would be
0: anyway. This team is really putting everybody on notice, deservingly so, maybe unexpectedly so, because they don't have Jamal Murray. Yeah, we know that. But everybody is stepping up. Every post game conversation you hear from the players and from the coach, Jordy Fernandez, doing a great job, of course. Is that. You know, we're here to play. We're rolling. We have momentum. We're proud. We're passing the ball around. Like everybody's a part of this team. And maybe not having one specific leader is really like one specific face has helped share this ball a little bit. Like RJ Barrett leads the team. You got Shea, obviously, who's kind of going to step into that leadership role. Yeah. But the fact that you can steamroll a team in a team performance really means a lot to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously nothing but good vibes right now. I mean, they outclassed an inferior opponent uh, against Lebanon, but the France victory was eye-opening, and Mm -hmm. it got the attention of a lot of people, and Shea Giltz-Alexander could be one of the best players, maybe the best player at this tournament uh, overall. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was a little disheartened, a little disheartened, that I saw France go out to Latvia, because I'm thinking if France rolls Latvia... Well, Canada won the group, and wow, look at Canada. It separated themselves in a manner that they did. So they still have a tough game ahead of them. They have to win the group with a win over Latvia. But I, yeah, I mean, the the, the depth of roster is interesting, right, because we're ruining the loss of Jamal Murray and mm-hmm. what that means in terms of, hey, the high end. And that's what basketball is. Basketball is a strong-length sport. Your best usually takes you. And if the best is the best backcourt in the entire tournament, like, well, you can rely on that to go really, really far, if not win the tournament. Uh, But right now the depth is shining and the depth obviously was really good against Lebanon, but it was really important too against a team like France. Like they kind of not, not that they actually got in trouble, the most trouble in that game when they went to deep in the rotation really early, but you lost Jamal Murray and that meant more for Dort. It meant more for Dylan Brooks. And it's been kind of important to see that defensive, uh, at least it was against France, that defensive Mm -hmm. side of their basketball team, show out a little bit. So, I, I mean, there's nothing but positivity here, 100%. Uh, will they run into opponent where they can't overcome with depth or that high-end, high-end talent with SGA? Maybe, but they got a bunch of guys who seem like they're really relishing this moment. Shea is one of those guys. RJ is always great when he plays for his dad. We yep. know that. Uh, this team has a lot of good players despite not having the best complement of players it can have. And I think through two games... They put this tournament on notice, and that's really, really encouraging because it felt like, especially in that first half against France, they don't have enough here. Mm-hmm. And then they exploded in the second half. Then they beat an inferior team. Uh, but it felt early on like, oh, this is the same old story. And right now, through two games, and after playing that second half versus France, it doesn't feel that way.
0: Pretty stunning that France is out of the tournament already. Canada, obviously, with the opportunity to take top seed with a win over Latvia, tomorrow. They They sure did. Like, they just they mailed it in. After that, they said, no, we're embarrassed. Sabah mal. Nice. Canada Latvia tomorrow, 9.30 A.M. Of course we got that all on SportsNet. Uh the other yesterday's was a bright and early let's just give a shout out to Dan Schulman, okay? Because this guy is absolutely doing something that I couldn't even fathom. Like when I used to do the the Leafs In Arena host and I'd come home. You could they, fathom and then I'd get You're, up and then fathom I'd get then. up and go to go to work in the you morning. Did it then. Yeah, but he is like he knows everything about every player doing everything in multiple sports right now. He's calling Canada Lebanon at 5:45 in the morning yesterday. Then goes into extra innings in Jays and Guardians yesterday. Doubleheader in one day and he's not just like me reading from a teleprompter. Hey, get on your feet fans, I'm going to throw you a t-shirt. You had a teleprompter doing No, I I didn't, but He I was going to say No, like I he's not just me like in the in at Scotiabank Arena like who wants a t-shirt? <laughs> it's Dan Schulman, the best of the best. Like,
1: Don't diminish the job you did for the least.
0: I'm just saying, he's absolutely incredible. You threw out those t shirts. He's absolutely just, we're just proud to have him. So he's doing double duty. For the rest of this tournament. Hopefully it's a long one, but hopefully for him he's getting a lot of caffeine. So shout yeah, out to Dan uh, Hopefully
1: it is a long one. Something tells me we won't be bothering him to come on the show this week.
0: No, I don't think we should message him until FIBA's done. Yeah. I well,
1: think we'll that take would take a be pass. Fair. That would be we'll fair. Take a pass.
0: Well we do winners and losers today on Monday morning. We'll do that at seven thirty. He's definitely a winner. Um Canada's a winner. Jay's Possibly losers. 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 Jeff from Oakville says, good morning. FIBA basketball is very entertaining to watch. Less timeless than NBA. No three-second rule. The game flows. I it agree. is great. It is really fun it to is watch. It is
1: great. I wholeheartedly agree with that.
0: It's been really, it's really been a blast. And I think you kind of forget about, like, I mean, this tournament's not coming around every minute, right? So you kind of forget about this different style of basketball, and it is fun to watch. And it's quick. Like, it's, it's good. It's entertaining. So I do enjoy it very much. Uh, we'll have that. So we'll we'll tee it up tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. So we'll be off the air. Uh, but we'll make sure we give a proper big one, tee big up one. to that one. Uh, but let's take a break because it's the return of the A-List.
1: Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Now it's time for hey, yo. the A-List. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong.
0: up, baby? All right, coming back with a bang on the A-List. <clears throat> College football's back. And love some college football. Actually, future story to look out for. I'm going to try to go to Harvard Yale this year, which is for us Ivy League snobs the biggest.
1: Wait, hold on, hold on.
0: Head to head. Harvard Yale is like the. the big I get game. it, but yeah. it's
1: you went to Dartmouth and you're not going to a Dartmouth game. You're going to a Harvard Yale. Harvard Yale, yeah.
0: With my friend Kate went to Yale. We know Kate Martini. Yes. Um, every year,
1: because Harvard- you guys just running. Harvard Yale is circles. huge.
0: It's a big thing and. It's always in our time of going to college. She never got to go to the one at Yale, even though she went to Yale because it was always on the road. So we're gonna go down and see Harvard, Yale at Yale, and I'm gonna cheer for Yale. Okay, and be that's fun. allowed. That'll be great. Anywho, college football is back. A bunch so, of
1: smart guys playing football.
0: Yeah, just you should see the playbooks. It's like yeah,
1: detailed. It's there's they don't even need playbooks. It's just no, all in their it's head.
0: It's the um, Sarah so, uh, Ohio starting center has been making some headlines. Okay, why? His name is Parker Titsworth, and he's number 69. And you can buy his merch online if you're interested, (laughs) titsworth69.com.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm sure he has all the NIL agreements. I'll just leave it at that. He's
0: killing it. Uh, If you're looking for some new merch back to school for the kids, maybe not.
1: Coachella 2042.
0: That will be a popular jersey
1: this year. Titsworth? Titsworth.
0: Um, Okay, so football, NFL around the corner, also... Justin and I, in a fantasy football league, Commissioner Daniele, we had our draft placement yesterday or Saturday. Draft a, order lottery. Draft order lottery. That's the proper way to put it. Um, and Danielle picked, randomly assigned us horses at Woodbine. Um, we watched them virtually. Did you? I was at a concert. This is so lame, but I was at a concert Saturday night, great concert, Ocean Alley. Check them out. And I was watching the horse race on my phone wow. while the opening set was out so i wasn't like it wasn't the actual band and my horse was the second horse better be bold just to let her be mm-hmm. and this horse was just dogging it it was an eighth <laughs> place around the corner and i'm like i'm gonna get screwed okay and he had this miraculous comeback on the final stretch of the and we were at king's plate so yeah. i know how to cheer and i'm staying there watching on my phone at a concert and it's a photo finish so i'm second Overall wow. pick, photo finish. I don't
1: know what I am. I didn't. I, didn't. Uh, I believe you're
0: sixth or eighth, Danielle. I will know. Um, yeah, you're kind of low. You didn't care. I was watching this at a concert. That's how much I care about this league.
1: Uh, that's that's like you're putting me on notice a little bit because like if you care that much to watch the order, in yeah, it the was moment, fun. I know it would be fun. It's a free but like, stream.
0: Okay. Anyway, so I, my photo finish and no problem. Stream. I'm second, and that'll be a great spot to select. I'm, I'm kind of rattled
1: that I'm sixth or eighth because I just drafted. On the weekend. Yeah. We did our order, and which how'd you is do? I, I guess I can't tell the story now. Uh, but I was sixth and I don't want the same thing. It's that's a bit of a dead zone six.
0: I'll take it at a, least it a, felt I'll like double to me. check, but I don't you're seventh.
1: That's a dead zone. It's a tough spot. I Didn't game. like that area.
0: Okay, so football around the corner. Um, there is a online forum that posted the NFL franchises that fans drink the most at during games.
1: Okay. The, most so the beers. The the most the heavily consumers. The heavy yes. consumers
0: drink the most beer on game day. Who would you select to be the first overall team? A fan base that drinks the most on game days, chugging beers. Bills. You would think so. Not even top five. I'm embarrassed. Okay. The Green Bay a lot Packers. Of 1 PM starts. The Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Average six point two beers per fan. Oh, it's a day. per fan. That's a lot of beer like that's more than looney dogs yeah. per pan, per fan yeah followed by the chicago bears
1: yeah not tomorrow i think it was going to be Over six and a half. It better be.
0: Uh, Followed by the Las Vegas Raiders in third, 4.6 beers. The Minnesota Vikings, 4.5 beers. And the Philadelphia Eagles, 4.1 beers.
1: Where's the Bills fan base? That's crazy. Uh, I was going to guess, like, oh, it's got to be West Coast. And then I remembered how time zones work. Like, it doesn't give you more time just because it's, you know, we have to wait for the game. Uh, But I think, uh, like, a team like Green Bay makes a lot of sense because they play a lot of 4 PMs despite Mm. being, like, you know, central. And, you know, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a lot of prime time. Like, I, I think there, that does make a lot of sense. But now it might change without Rodgers. They're just playing at 1 p.m. and they're doing less drinking. I guess
0: that might Maybe be part way of it. Maybe that's way too much
1: thought. But I thought the Bills are m- mainly yeah. at 1. And, I mean, they get up early, of course. But can you put, Can everyone put 6 back before 1 p.m. every time? <laughs> Only the the best of the best.
0: Um, okay, let's take a break. We've got a full show ahead. Ben Ennis will join us after the break. Winners and losers at 7.30. Jeff Blair. No Jays talk with Jeff Blair this weekend, so I'm waiting with bated breath yeah, we get for the fir- how we get Jeff the first Blair's Blair. feeling. And Joe House. We got a doubleheader with Joe House. We got a little golf and a little football to round out our show. And we'll bring the wake and, break, wake, wake and rake back. I don't know if they did it last week, but nonetheless, we will be doing it today. So send your pics in at five ninety five ninety. That's all next on Fan Morning Show with Justin and Ailish.